tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hits FM. Love FM. Live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM. Or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play. And then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. the probe on the Joy News channel. Well, tonight we're having a conversation that you might have had before, except that it's coming up again because of Ghana's woeful economic condition. Well, in, in just a space of about two years, a group of individuals calling themselves Article 71 office holders will be smiling to the bank. And that's because the Constitution makes room for the payment of ex gratia, uh, or you may want to call it a special retirement package for the president, his vice, and a host of others who you find here on our screens. Well, experts are beginning to raise concerns that the payment of this ex gratia is increasingly becoming a monster draining the public purse after every political cycle. So tonight we're asking that question. Given Ghana's weak economic position, should we consider an immediate revision of Article 71 of the 1992 Constitution or perhaps put on hold the payment of ex gratia for the foreseeable future. That's the question we're asking tonight. Feel free to be a part of the probe. We're live on Joy News, Joy 99.7 FM, myjoyonline.com, and all the social media platforms. Feel free to be a part of the show. It's interactive. We'll be happy to hear from you. After the break, I'll tell you about my guest helping me with the discussion. Please stay.
Adi, welcome back to the program. We're looking at uh, the payment of ex-Gratia. Should we consider a review of Article 71 of Ghana's 1992 Constitution or at least put on hold the payment for the foreseeable future? I want to introduce my guest now helping us with that discussion. Professor Gottfried Bokin is an economist with the University of Ghana Business School. He's joining us via Zoom. Benedict J is also General Secretary for the Public Sector Workers Union. They have a position on the matter as well. Austin Game is also joining the probe tonight. He's a labor consultant and he's a former member of parliament seeking to make a return. Ras Mubak was on the public accounts committee when he was representing the Kumbungu constituency in parliament. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us here on the probe. Uh, but even before we start off uh, with the discussion, I just want us to go back to look at the process involved in terms of the uh, determination of this ex-gratia and how we arrive at the payments. Uh, the last example that we have was the Professor y Yamwa uh, Beidu Committee or Commission, if you want to call them as such, and their determination or recommendations as far back as 2020 on what should be done to officers who have served between the 2017 to 2020 period. So you have that on your screens right now, indicating uh, what the recommendation was. Uh, now, there is a special process that we go through, and that includes the determination of salaries for uh, other members of this Article 71, uh, with the exception of the president and the vice. So when it comes to the determination of escrow for this class of individuals, you find on the screens right now, including the speaker, MPs, uh, some of the commissioners, uh, commissioner for Shraj, for instance, and the chief justice, the auditor general, all these individuals have the confirmation of that recommendation as made by the special committee that uh, recommends how much excretion should be paid, uh, you have them determined by the president. And then vice versa, when it comes to the determination for the president, the vice, the chairperson, and members of the Council of State, and also other ministers and deputy ministers, then you have parliament coming through to approve whatever recommendation has been done uh, by the special five-member committee that will be uh, set up in line with Article 7, uh, 71 uh, as directed by the President. So it's a back-and-forth situation. But in terms of a sense of how much we've been spending as a state, that's what you're about to realize in terms of how uh, we go about, of course, paying some of these members, people who are classified under Article 71. And that's what you have on your screens right now, giving you a sense of how much the members of parliament, for instance, are earning as salaries and what the president as well and the vice president uh, has been earning uh, in that first set, first term, which is uh, 2017 to 2020. So that's it for that first term, 2017 to 2020. Uh, for instance, the, for the president, we're looking at, um, in terms of the salary, uh, some amounts, um, okay, so the amount is on the screens right now for those of us, for those of you watching us on TV and for radio, uh, here's the amount. It's 47,277. And then for the vice president, you have 39,397 uh, for the vice president. In terms of the Speaker of Parliament, you have 35,021. Uh, Ghana cities for the chief justice there with 34,146 Ghana cities. The cabinet ministers follow through with 33,270 
uh, and those uh, who are cabinet ministers are earning around 32,832. You then have the chairperson and members of the Council of State, 28,455 for the chairperson, and you have 28,017 Ghana cities for uh, the members of that uh, Council of State. Um, and then for Parliament as well, uh, you have them ranging in that, that uh, sphere as well. But after the salary is also determined, there's a payment of what you would want to call a retirement package, which is where we're moving to now, uh, which is uh, the elephant in the room that we're discussing as to whether or not we should put that on hold. So for the ex-Gratia, for the period of 2017 to 2020, uh, you have the president, as of the first term of his office, earning some 659392 the vice president following through with 549492 the speaker of parliament then comes through with 488456 the cabinet ministers 464032 so that's 464032 Ghana cities. The cabinet ministers, those who are non-MPs, are earning slightly lower, with some 457,928. The members of parliament themselves uh, come through uh, with 390,768 in terms of the amounts that they take. And for the members of the Council of State, it's 366,340. So that gives you a picture of how much it is that we're doling out to this Article 71 members. And, of course, you may grant the salaries, but how about the ex-gratia, uh, which is a substantial amount that we're doling out to them as a retirement package, or as the Constitution would describe it, an award to these categories of persons. Given our weak economic position, should we go ahead and pay this in the next political cycle, which is just due in two years? We'll still be running an IMF program. I want to bring in my guest now. Uh, Ras Mubarak uh, is a former member of parliament. Uh, I'll be coming to him shortly uh, for him to also tell us what his thoughts are. But let me start off with you, Professor Bob Queen, uh, because the economic position of Ghana now is not too favorable. Looking at the figures that we just presented on the screens a while ago, would it make a difference if we put it on hold, review Article 71, or perhaps ask this category of officers to spare the states that amount? Well, good evening, and then good evening to your cherished listeners and uh, co-panelists. Um, certainly it would. Um, I think um, we are making the case that pensioners have to sacrifice something. We are making the case that um, ordinary Ghanaians who earn so less compared to Article 71 public office holders to, to, to sacrifice and therefore um, um, it, will, it will be very difficult to sell this idea that we can continue to pay the S-Gratia in the way we have been doing it over the years and I think that the conversation is even bigger than uh, just looking at Article 71 public office holders we are looking at the whole governance reform in a manner that would secure our democracy for the common good because the democracy we have right now does not serve the ordinary Ghanaian and that is a fact the democratic dividend does not trickle down to the ordinary Ghanaian and we cannot continue like this 
and therefore we should be we should instead of it being packaged as just article 71 holders we should look at the whole cost of our governance and let's ask ourselves whether the economy will be able to sustain that if the economy cannot then we should ask ourselves which ones can we put aside for now without sacrificing growth there are some expenditure cuts that will be growth enhancing there are other expenditure cuts that will inhibit growth and I believe that cutting down or suspending uh, Gracia, as we have come to know it, maybe probably until 2040 or so. And why am I saying so? 2040? In, in wisdom of you're, you're, you're asking that we put it on hold until 2040? Yeah, the reason I'm saying so mm. is that if you look at the new instruments that have been issued in exchange for the old bonds, Government perspective is that the last installment payment, you can only get it by 2038. In other words, if you, if you look at the strength of the economy and what it could sustain, then probably that is how we have stretched it up to, right? And therefore, it is going to be very difficult to make a case in between this that we will be able to... Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. To accommodate certain uh, uh, extra costs within that same period. That would, that would be difficult to sell to those who, under, uh, uh, who went through the haircuts. Let me put it that way. Now, the other perspective we need to look at is that if you look at the data from Ghana Statistical Service, that more than 80% of public sector workers earn less than 3,000 Ghana cities, right? Um, and then yet you look at the overall wage bill. Of course, it's not an outlier in, 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 in the sub-region. Mm. And why am I saying so? Because Ghana's minimum wage per capita GDP is the lowest in West Africa. But if you look at the overall wage bill relative to total expenditure, you see that it's, it's, it's a little high. The reason that has become particularly elevated is because of the proportion of interest payment that consumes our total revenue or even as a percentage of total expenditure. That is where the issue is. But the other issue we need to look at is, is that does democracy work for everyone? The question will be no. If you look at the wage inequality within the public sector pay mechanism, it's, it's a bit worrying, and that itself is a threat to our common democracy. Why am I saying so? So somebody works for, let's say, 30 years, um, really under very stressful conditions, mm. and, and, and goes home with far less. And then somebody says, with all that comes with it, right, for four years, and he takes an S gratial of, of, of something, maybe 81 times, 100 times, mm. what someone probably under very, very stressful conditions, had worked for more than 30 years and all of that. So we should be looking at this whole thing in such a... Yeah. We should be looking at this whole thing in such a way that we don't create the impression that the democracy we are operationalizing is only for the privileged few to the detriment of the less privileged or the less equals. And, and Paul, the, the point you're raising is why I want to bring in Ras Mubarak. Uh, Ras, you've been a beneficiary of 
this as Croatia. Uh, now you're making another attempt to, to go into parliament. But, but that aside, how does it make you feel uh, when, whenever the conversation comes up that you in the political class arrogate to yourself all the juicy um, rewards and retirement packages, and yet you, you leave the, the masses uh, poor thereafter? Well, good evening to our viewers and uh, my co-panel members. Uh, let me begin by saying that it is not everything that is legal that may be uh, morally right. And uh, the issue of Escocia uh, certainly is one of them. Um, to put the conversation in proper perspective, um, a review would require some constitutional amendment. You know, Article 71 is an entrenched uh, clause in the uh, Constitution of the uh, Republic. And that would require for the um, executive arm of uh, government, you know, uh, to bring um, a constitutional amendment bill to Parliament. We are where we are today. I haven't had this conversation time and again, simply because there's never been that political will, you know, uh, to address the elephant in the room. But I also think that um, there are two issues at play. So, first of all, members of parliament, for example, because I have been a member of parliament, um, let me use that as, a, as an example, uh, contracts officers of the state, they get a contract for four years. Now, when MPs start their tenure, they don't even know what their salaries are because they are paid based on, you know, uh, previous salaries and, and allowances. So, um, at the end of four years, then you see, you know, governments rushing to set, you know, uh, the committee pushing to make recommendations. So when the back pay, because you put out some, some graphs out there, it is actually the back pay of, you know, these members of parliament over a four-year period. Don't forget when there are increases in salaries and polar and all of that, it doesn't reflect in the salaries of members of parliament simply because they are paid based on the salaries of a previous parliament. Mm. And so the amount comes out as a very huge sum of money and um, that obviously has culminated in the hue and cry about the Esgrasha. We also need to have a separation. First of all, there are political appointees like members of parliament, like ministers of state, and the rest of it, who are Article 71 office holders. Mm. And there are persons with guaranteed tenure of office who, if they did not misconduct themselves, would hold their office for the rest of their lives. Right. So you've got you know, the justices of the Superior Court, you've got the chairperson of the NCC, Shraj Boss, Electoral Commissioner, and the deputies. Their salaries and you know, their jobs are guaranteed until retirement, you know, and it becomes very baffling that at every four-year period, these category of people who are well taken care of by the way, by the state, are given exgression. Okay? Uh-huh. Whereas members of parliament who don't have a guaranteed tenure of office, because after four years they could be brought back or, you know, um, decided not to 
that people decide not to bring them back. So you've got members of parliament who are not returning, earning as Gashia, those who are returning, earning as Gashia, and you've got people with a guaranteed tenure of office also earning as Gashia, and clearly that is where the immorality of the uh, situation comes in, especially so if you look at the disparity. So, for instance, members of parliament have to pay for the vehicles that they use, albeit, albeit subsidized. Members of the bench don't pay for their vehicles. They don't buy fuel into their vehicles. You know, they don't pay for insurance. All right? But when the discussion is out there in the public, the impression is created that it is members of parliament who are fleecing the state. Is this not professional professional jealousy here? (laughs) No, 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 no. It it is not professional jealousy. I'll give you a typical example. Mm. Uh, Professor Aini, Dr. Aini, Honorable Aini. Now, people he has taught in school who are currently at the bench earn about 35,000 Ghana cities a month. These are people he's taught in law school. He, as a member of parliament, has a take-home pay of about 12,000 Ghana cities. So clearly, you know, it's, it's, it's not professional jealousy. But I'm saying that this, the entire architecture of Article 71 has to be looked at. Mm. We have to do it with, with all the seriousness that we can muster so that year in, year out, we don't come back having the same conversation. Okay. Well, Especially that- now... Mm. If, if I may land on this right. point, especially now when the, when the um, um, country's economy has crashed. But of course, we are not where we are because of the payment of this pressure. We are where we are because of extreme recklessness on the part of the executive in managing the economy. Right. And clearly, members of parliament will have to take the blame. Mm. So if you are saying that everybody has to take a hit... Obviously, members of parliament were the ones approving these loans, and if it's gotten us where we are, and everyone has to make sacrifices, um, clearly, um, all of us, you know, um, would have to make those sacrifices. Okay. But I don't think a chunk of the monies that are paid at the end of a four-year period are actually the s It's just a minute component. Mm. So when I was... Um, at the end of my, my, my time in Parliament, was around 290000 or so, as But if you look at the back pay, it was about a little over 400000 okay? But it just put together, presented out there as taking, you know, more than 600000 yeah. Okay, every four months. Right. I, I that, see the, I see that the, is not the case. Right. I, I see the, my thinking. I mean, if MPs are returning, if MPs are returning, obviously they don't deserve Russia. We'll get into the details of how we can, uh, I mean, properly reform Article 71. Uh, but there are others joining the conversation. Austin Gummy is with us. I'll come to you, Mr. Gummy, shortly. Uh, but uh, I, I just want to hear from Bernard J. Because Bernard, uh, just last week, we heard from the Ghana Statistical Service. They were pointing out to us that about 80% of your worker population, those who find themselves in the public sector, 
they earn less than 3,000 Ghana citizens. Yet, you're making all of the sacrifices now uh, when an economic mess will still be paying ex gratia simply because of the constitutional provisions. You, you believe it's time we change that? Well, thank you very much, Les, and uh, I thank uh, the other guests, especially those who have also uh, spoken. And uh, for us, it's something we have been talking about all this while, uh, before even all this mess we find ourselves in. Uh, so we have already been calling uh, for the review of the Article 71 office holders and how their remuneration and escrasha uh, are being determined. Uh, we have two issues as labor when it comes to Article 71. Mm. And one that is how their, their salaries are determined. Uh, Ras Mubarak just said that when they come into office, they don't even know how much uh, they, they, they are to end because um, the president waits until the end of his term or getting to the end of his term before the committee is constituted. And uh, we are of the view that the president doesn't have to wait. When we all uh, get our letters of appointment, whether it's a contract employment, whether it's a permanent employment or not, your contract of employment always comes with how much salary and other conditions uh, of service. So we in labor have always had issues with how Article 71 salaries are determined. And second, the second is the s -Gracia. We thought that that is totally a no-no. If we have agreed as a country that, look, government cannot pay as gracia to the public servant who has worked all his life for several, between 20 to 30 years, under very strenuous conditions, very low salary. Mm. If we are saying as a country that that person does not deserve an as gracia, right. then it is very difficult to phantom or to understand why someone who is taking a bigger chunk of the cake still deserves uh, an escrasher. So our position as Labour has been clear on this even before we found ourselves in this mess. But, but Ras Mubarak was, was explaining uh, the I mean, nuances of it. The fact that you run a contract for four years, there's no guarantee you'd be getting back into Parliament, for instance. No, but that is the contract. That is how they came in. When you go to the public sector and uh, other, well, I deal with other public uh, agencies that are not paid directly by central uh, government like the airport, VRA, and co. I mean, there are contract staff there. There are contract workers there. So, I mean, for me, um, we, we should look at, at the other side of the issue, which has to do with principles of salary administration. And there are principles. There should be transparency, there should be relativity, there should be fairness and equity, and these things are also done based on the resources you have. So it's not an issue about whether your, your contract is just for a short time or not. If it's for a short time, then it is still governed by certain principles. And it's relative to other people who are also performing uh, services. So I think nobody also forces anybody to become an MP or to become uh, an ordinary uh, public uh, servant or work in any other place, either private or public uh, sector. Sometimes those are also personal decisions we make. But the principles 
that are needed to be employed so that anybody who becomes as an MP earns what he deserves to be earning. We, we don't have a problem with that. But if it's done such that the little resource we have, it, it appears that a certain group or section of the population is allocated a chunk of that to the disadvantage of the larger uh, workforce, which also, I mean, does a lot, we all know. Mm. We think that uh, there's something wrong somewhere. And we have been calling for a review uh, of that for so many, many, many years. Mm. And now that we are in a crisis, if it has come up, our position remains the same. And it will be unthinkable that we who get a smaller part of the pie, right. we make all these sacrifices, take all these haircuts, including those who are oppression, take all these haircuts, then we still have the moral right and justification to insist or to say that Article 71 uh, uh, should still get what they want. I, I would want to agree with Prof, but still to say that even 2040, it shouldn't be on the bill. We should rather reform which I heard him talk about as well. Uh, our governance institution and the way these things uh, are done. At this point, we should all realize and accept that the kind of democracy we have and we are practicing is not working for us, it's not going to help us, and the earlier we do something about it, before it degenerates into chaos, then the better for all of us. Uh, Bennett, stay with us because uh, we need to unpack other matters as to how we can properly reform. Uh, I'll also hear from Prof shortly, but let me hear from Austin Gami. Uh, and Austin, you've been around for quite some time now. You know into, uh, I mean, uh, you, you know the, the backstory as to how we, we got here. Uh, what, what's the story behind this whole Article 71 payment of eggs, Croatia? And why is it becoming so attractive to the political class? Thank you, thank you. And uh, thank you, my other colleagues uh, there. Hello, Mr. Gami. Mr. Gamay, if you can hear me, uh, I was just asking. Uh, let's try one more time and see if, if we can hear you loud and clear. Yeah, are you, sorry, are you there with sorry. us? Yes. Yeah, sorry. I think this thing gets cut off uh, from time to time. Look, I think that let's be very fair to everybody. Uh, whereas I agree that from pure moral point of view, uh, what is being said may sound good. I happen to be a two-term member of parliament before, but I'm not a partisan politician. I, I understand politics, meaning decision-making on behalf of people, but not the kind of partisan politics that has been done in Ghana. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.